0: Aquaman and Superman, Animal Man and Plastic Man, Firestorm and Nuclear Man, Batman and Hawkman, 2D Man and Hour Man, who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC, who's who? Ultra
1: mm-hmm. Boy and Mister Gold, Lightning, Lass and Hippolyta, Phantom, Stranger, Hitchcock and Arisia and Woody Weeks. Hey, hey, hey. What? What about that one guy? What guy?
0: Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, mm-hmm. Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's
1: Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC Who's Who. And welcome to a special best of episode of Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. Normally the irredeemable Shag and I work our way through the various iterations of DC's classic Who's Who series, issue by issue, page by page, entry by entry. But like we did around this time last year for the Justice League, this episode is a collection of segments from previous episodes centered around a theme, in this case, Aquaman. With the Aquaman movie just a scant two months away, I've been wanting to get as much aqua history onto the network as possible, covering the Sea King from as many angles as possible. Uh, also on sale by the time you hear this is tomorrow's back issue number 108, which is an all Aquaman issue, featuring two articles by me. It's in Shag's out of town, I thought this week would be the perfect time for this Aquaman family episode of Who's Who. You'll hear entries we covered for Aquaman, Mira, Black Manna, and maybe one or two other ancillary characters that I decided to throw into the pool. But before we get to the main event, though, we have to thank our sponsor in Stock Trades. This episode of Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com in Trades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other clicked editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Two of the deals you can get on in Stock Trades right now was uh, no surprise, they're both Aquaman-centric. First is Aquaman, a celebration of 75 years hardcover. Everybody knows about this book. I've been talking about it for a while. It's great to see Aquaman get the uh, hardcover deluxe reprint treatment, and it features a collection and different Aquaman stories ranging from the beginnings, uh, his beginnings in the 1940s all the way up until uh, 2017. Uh, it's a 400 pages oversized book. Normal price $39.99. In stock trades price is only $23.19. That is 42% off. With Christmas coming, uh, this would be a great Christmas present for anybody who has uh, not yet gotten it or is an Aquaman fan or becomes a new fan thanks to the movie. So Aquaman, a celebration of 75 years hardcover. And the other book is Aquaman 10. Tempest Trade Paperback by Phil Jimenez, uh, who is writer and artist on this uh, series. It's the best of the heroes, sometimes known as Aqualad, in these stories from Tempest numbers 1 through 4, Teen Titan Spotlight number 10 and 18, and Shoki's 96 number 1. Tempest trains to reclaim his birthright, and ancient evil captures the very gods of the sea. And when that same evil turns its eye on Garth's ally, Atlan, the young hero gets some unexpected help from Tula, whom he believes would believe was dead. Also features Garth's true origin and why he was abandoned as a child. Normal Price is $16.99 for 168 pages, but in stock trades price is $9.85. That is 42% off. So if you haven't picked uh, Aqualad, Tempest up. You can uh, give that a shot. It's weird. in On Instuck Trades. it's actually called Aquaman Tempest, uh, which it wasn't called that. I think when I was when it was originally published, it's called Tempest. But I guess maybe they've, for the trade collection, they've tried to brand it under the Aquaman family, which is appropriate. So you can pick up Aquaman slash head Tempest or Aquaman A Celebration of 75 Years. For these and all the other trade paperback needs, visit InStockTrades.com and we thank them for their support. Okay, well let's get started. Kicking off the show is Shag and I going all the way back to the very first first episode of who's who where we talk about Aqualad. Next and now we're getting to the good stuff here. Uh, uh, we got a du- please. We got a double listing Aqualad and Aqua Girl drawn by George Perez. Um which is perfect for the two of them to be put together because you know they belong together. Um, it's kind of interesting that if you really want to get technical, you've got Aqualeds listing first and then Aqua Girls, which is not alphabetical, but you know, okay. Um, but in, in, and it's 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 a dual drawing, um, unlike the Airwave ones, where the two the two drawings were kind of they were all the two drawings were put together, but they're kind of separate. Here, Aqualed and Aqua Girl are interacting. They're looking at one another, and they're sharing a background. Um, so it's, you know, it's a perfect listing. Um, this is also a good example of the dreaded flexographic process, which was a new way of printing comics that DC tried out in the 80s, and it featured incredibly sort of garish colors, and unfortunately it led to a lot of printing mistakes. And you can see it here on the Aqualad and Aquagirl listings because on the skin tones it looks like Garth and Tula are suffering from the heartbreak of psoriasis. So, uh, uh, it's, but that's that magenta again. That's yeah, what it's that that, about. Yeah, it's that magenta. It's the only thing that ruins this image is these ghastly magenta spots all over their skin tone. And uh, DC would later on uh, drop the flexographic process on Who, saying that uh, they felt the series was too important to experiment with. But uh, in this first couple of issues, we had to you uh, had to uh, had to grin and bear it. Uh, this
0: this. Image, especially the the background image, has always been striking to me. That for the background image, they used a dark, rich green, which, for whatever reason, just I think it just set off Perez's beautiful background so much more. I mean, you get yeah. What I, I can only assume is Topo, the octopus, back there in the corner. Yeah, I would, I would figure. I mean, it'd be nice if there was a walrus somewhere. Now I think about it, <laughs> but um, you know, you see, I don't know whether that's Tritonus or Poseidon. I don't know if you. can Tell which one, or uh, it, which which city is that? One of them. I do not know. Okay, you you should know by the skyline, shouldn't you? Isn't that your job? Like what you do? Let's move on. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, it is an absolutely beautiful piece. It is, and th- this is the one that this is the piece that actually made me wake up one day and go,
1: Tula's kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's gonna come out. Okay. Uh, the next. <laughs> I can't win with you with these aqua people. I no, swear. Well, just it just a compliment. Say something appropriate, and I'll leave it in. Um, the next S- listing here. It is, baby. This is this this is this is this is this is what you paid your dollar for. Um, <laughs> Aquaman, drawn by Chuck Patton, the great Chuck Patton, the great underrated Chuck Patton, friend of the Aquaman Shrine, Chuck Patton. Not um, going to get any arguments from me. No, uh, and uh, also the guy who uh, the Aquaman Shrine helped. Uh, reunite with his fiance, but that's a whole other story. Um, and inked by Dick Giordano. Great combination. It's a beautiful shot of Aquaman looking majestic and regal. He's not... He, he's swimming. He looks like he's flying, but he's also swimming because you've got some bubbles in the background. And then in the background, a serpent image, you see him knocking the crap out of some rock, using his uh, telepathic powers, and also riding his seahorse looking very majestic. Um, it's just great. It's a great page. It, it, if I had like unlimited funds to buy, like, the five greatest pieces of Aquaman original art, this would be on my list. You know, mm. I would want to track this down and buy this original piece because I just, I just love it. I think it's, it makes Aquaman look fantastic and, like, upbeat and cheery and heroic and just classic, you know, just, just classic.
0: Absolutely. I, I was reading um, Justice League at this point, uh, the, the Justice League Detroit at this point. So this was, you know, my Aquaman at that time. So, absolutely love this Aquaman. Uh, Because, I mean, Chuck Patton was kind of one of the main guys on JLD. I like how they're demonstrating Aquaman's strength. You know, you and I have talked before. That's one of his powers you don't get to see too often. And that gorgeously ornate, you know, trident in the background.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Just right underneath the logo. Just kind of sets off some of the majesty of it. I think it's a great piece. And this is a good example of where you get a character who has a lot of history starts to push the artwork a little smaller. Yeah, great point. Because, I mean, you're you're here, you're probably looking at, I don't know, um, the drawing's not even two-thirds of a page. You know, it's a little bit less than two-thirds of the page because you've got so much text. Yeah,
1: yep, that's true. It was interesting where it says, Underwater, his swimming speed is in excess of 100 miles an hour. That's really fast. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's, yes really, it is. That's, that's very, very
0: fast. But I like how they didn't pigeonhole themselves. They said in excess rather than, you know, like Marvel would yeah, his swimming speed is 102 miles an hour. Well, someone's got 103. He loses.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. It's 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 a, it's a perfect thing. And, you know, I also love that um, – I guess this is the perfect time to mention it. In the first appearance listing, it lists more fun comics number 73, which, is of course, is there any Aquaman, Aquaman fan knows, is his first appearance. Now, that is technically, if you want to – because they're really talking about the Earth-1 version here, the Silver Age version of Aquaman. So you could argue that this Aquaman did not first appear in Morphin Comics number 73. He first appeared later on in in, uh, an issue of Adventure Comics. Some people argue as to which is really the first one or not. But they're kind of – DC is acknowledging their history by saying, look, this core concept of a character first appeared in this issue. As opposed to getting into the nitty-gritty of like, well, he he maybe kind of first appeared here. They're just saying, no, Aquaman as a concept first appeared in Morphin Comics number 73 and just going with that. All right, nerd
0: fight time. Um, and, yeah, I suppose you have more knowledge of Aquaman than me, but I, I can usually hold myself in a discussion. But didn't the whole concept of an Earth One versus Earth Two Aquaman not come up until later in the All Star Squadron series? Because, like, it, was there ever a reference to an Earth One Earth Two Aquaman uh, until that point?
1: basically yeah Roy Thomas was the first guy to really make it to make, to do it explicitly and say yes there is an earth 2 character they th- there was a definite demarcation point because he changed origins sure you but, know and that's the point but they never really but yeah the earth 2 Aquaman was never really mentioned in any issue of Justice League or like any of those JLA JSA team ups or anything like that they really just forgot about him. And essentially, that after the Earth Two Aquaman stopped appearing in adventure comics, you know, sort of unofficially, he basically did not appear again for 30 years, and then he reappeared in in a cameo in All Star Squadron, where he is mentioned as existing, and that was Roy Thomas's thing of saying, you know, okay, no, that one that was around in the Golden Age, that's the Earth Two Aquaman.
0: Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is at this point, though, I think DC's mindset was there wasn't an Earth 2 Aquaman. It was their stories started in the 40s, and they just said, ah, it's all the same guy. It's just this is, you know, well, I compress yeah. the timeline. Don't worry about the, the dates and say it's the same mm,
1: guy. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean they – Sort of uh, like Green Arrow. Yeah, I mean I don't know, though. I mean because you said earlier that they already had the crisis in mind, and they did. They already had the crisis going. And part of the idea of the crisis was to get rid of those core five characters: the Earth Two Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Green Arrow. So they—I think they probably had that in mind.
0: Aquaman and Green Arrow are an afterthought. I'm telling you,
1: it was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman for sure. I like will, Aquaman I, and Green Lantern was all, and Green Arrow was all like whatever. I will there. have to ask Roy Thomas because he's the one who wrote, who, who had the task of writing them out of continuity.
0: Well, I mean, I think Roy had a different mindset. Roy intentionally wanted to say there was an Earth-1 and Earth-2. But I'm saying before that, though, this is a total nerd fight. Sorry, folks. Um, that before that point, though, I don't think anyone had ever considered an Earth-1 Earth-2 Aquaman. It was just Aquaman who happened to exist on Earth-1. Hmm. Do you, do, do, you understand, do you understand the subtle difference of what I'm saying?
1: I don't know if I do. Okay. Well, you
0: know. Some people are faster on the uptake than others.
1: Yeah, good. I guess so. Yeah, Alright. I, okay. I, I'm still right,
0: but okay. Um... <laughs> Yellow gloves does not mean Earth Two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> all that's coming out. Another two-page listing, again by Marshall Rogers. Another place, uh, Atlantis, uh, which and it shows you Poseidonus and Tritonus, and then it has got five little bubble image. No pun intended. Bubble images of some famous residents of Atlantis, Laurie Lamaris, uh, Ronal, Aqualad, Girl, and King Volko. Why Aquaman is not pictured in this listing, I could never quite figure out. Oh me, my gosh! To me, <laughs> to, me, the, to me, he's the most famous resident of Atlantis, so, but, you know, okay. <laughs> um, Didn't pick up
0: on that. Yeah,
1: as a, as a kid, I was like, where's Aquaman? He's mentioned in the listing. So, um, but, you know, <laughs> it's all right. You got to give the other guys some space because Aquaman gets to show up a couple different times in uh, team form. But it's it's a nice drawing and there's some, some cute inset drawings by uh, by Marshall Rogers of of Aqualad and Aquagirl. Always happy to see Tula again. I never
0: really understood Aqualad's hair in the 80s. It just looks so strange.
1: And it's a fro. It's a, tightly, it's a tightly knit fro.
0: Yeah, very. <laughs> um... By the way, since you're clearly not the Aquaman expert I was looking for, uh, as we go back to the Aqualad and AquaGirl entry, this map clearly proves that the city in the background behind Aqualad and AquaGirl was, in fact, beside us.
1: There we go. Good for you. Um, I guess I should mention this now because I forgot to mention this when we were at the Aquaman listing, but it, it applies to the whole book. Um, we I- hate each
0: other. That's, that's what he wants to tell you guys. Rob and I can't stand each other, and we are only doing this podcast because we're being made to. I-
1: I think that I think that our I think that's implicit in the tone. Yeah. I don't think you okay. needed even to say it. But anyway, this was a story. It's a very brief story. I got this from Robert Greenberger himself. The uh, one of the uh, he's listed here as associate editor and researcher of Who's Bob gave me this story himself. He wrote funny Who's Who story. We were trying to figure out the length of the text of a, of any given listing, and used Aquaman as the test case. Len Ween wrote it up in three ways: short, medium, and long. Given the designs, we were leaning towards the medium when we took the three to Jeanette Kahn, who was president of DC Comics at the time. We took it to Jeanette Kahn for her input. Being such a visual person, she opted for the shortest. Len ignored her, and the medium became the standard. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We, we have Len Weed to thank for, for the, the listings as they currently exist.
0: to the next page. Uh, Black Manta. This is...
1: A hey, 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 hey. hey. You, you were big on taking over Black Bison, so I think it's... I think I need oh, to take what? over this one. But I sat in the back
0: seat for two issues. We're on the second character.
1: Um, anyway, this is Black Manta. This is Aquaman's villain drawn by Bill Willingham and Romeo Tangao. A really nice piece. The only part of it that looks a little super goofy is that he's on his tippy toes, which kind of makes it look like he's jumping in the air or something. Um, no, he's swimming. No, he's not swimming. He's most certainly swimming. There's bubbles coming out of his head. That's the bubbles on the back. No, he's not swimming. That, he is that, swimming. All right. He's not swimming. Anyway. Then, he, uh, then he's a ballet dancer. Your choice. That's well, then fine. Anyway, it's a very nice drawing. I like the dramatic lighting on it. In the background, we see him without his mask is uh, which I just mentioned. Uh, Then we see him uh, zapping Aquaman with his uh, eye lasers, which is nice. The only sort of bad part of this whole piece, I would say, is the logo. The logo really looks like somebody just got out a Sharpie marker. And just scrolled <laughs> black mana, and then surrounded it with some blue, and then they're like, "Done." Let's uh, drinks all around, you know. So um, <laughs> that's the only, the only, the only bad part of that. Um, but otherwise, it's you know, it's a very nice list. It gives you some good details on the character and um, talks about how he murdered Arthur Curry Jr., becoming one of the Sea King's greatest foes. I would say he's the greatest foe.
0: Well, at this point, that you know, people were still petitioning for you know, human flying fish. So, were, um,
1: they, were they really?
0: There's a couple of things I really dig about this. Uh, I'm going to talk about the the text piece first. I, and this may have been an earlier issues, but for some reason, it finally jumped out of me here. His profession, his occupation is professional, professional criminal. Yep. You know, as, as opposed to being amateur. I wonder what the four digit
1: IRS text code is for that.
0: Right. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, There's something in this one that I don't think I've seen in any other Who's Who entry, at least in the first volume of, you know, the first 26 issues. There's quotes in here.
1: Mm, That's true.
0: I've never noticed this. It says, little is known of the man beneath the Manta costume, save that like most of his henchmen, he's black. And then it has quotes. Not that racism is my motive, says Manta, but since blacks have been suppressed for so long on the surface, they fight well for a chance to be masters below. So it's an interesting one that, like, I don't know, maybe because they're nervous of the race issue. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe that's why they put it in quotes, so they're trying to make it sound like he said it, not them. I don't know.
1: <laughs> we didn't say it. I know. No I mean, it's, it,
0: it, it, it's ridiculous. It jumped out at me for that reason. It's like, that's really strange.
1: That's a good you catch. Know? I don't think I've ever noticed that. that. That's Yeah. Did they even do that ever again? Never. I
0: don't think so. Oh. I don't remember ever. See- until the – then, the, you know, in the in the loose leaf volume, they get in kind of jokey and do interviews and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they did. But I don't remember there ever being quotes. So. Yeah, that's um, and that's one of the neat things about this character is that he, you know, he, even though he's trying to downplay it there, he is sort of race motivated, which was a really um, powerful topic for DC to tackle back then. And, you know, I'm glad they did. There's things out there in the world that should be talked about. So um, it was really interesting. Now, uh, another thing on this is the artwork. This is by Bill Willingham, folks. I don't know if you caught Rob say that. This We're talking about the guy who writes fables. He drew this back when he was still drawing. That's right. And... and it is a gorgeous drawing. I mean, this is, this is up there with modern art, with modern comic book art, between the shadowing and the line work. And maybe the simplistic costume just helps that, but it's really, really nice. And William's an interesting choice, because he really hadn't been doing much for DC at this point, and certainly hadn't done anything Aquaman-related. I did a bunch of research on this. The closest I could find was, you know, he did the uh, elementals, and maybe they, DC just felt, you know, hey, he knows how to do water stuff, let's give it to him, I'm not sure. But uh, it came out to be a really great piece. It's definitely one of the, I think, the highlights of this book.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice-looking piece and uh, an interesting choice for, for, you know, matching of character and artist.
0: Yep. Can I have control of the show back now? I'm
1: done. There's no more Aquaman in this issue. So I'm just going to just chill out and wait till we Deep. get to the end. Dolphin we Dolphin go. by Dave Stevens. Uh, I should have asked Bob Greenberger who, who picked Dave Stevens, because whoever picked Dave Stevens to do this deserved a raise. Uh, look, this is probably the best listing in the book. Probably one of the best, like what, top five listings in the whole series?
0: It is one of the top five in the entire series, and I would say it is the most memorable entry of the entire twenty six
1: issue. Oh, that's saying something. Um,
0: well, if you were a 13-year-old uh, b- yes. boy reading this, it was the most memorable. And, it, and it, works for
1: several, it works on several levels. First of all, it got Dave Stevens further into the DC universe, which was great because he wasn't somebody that did a lot of DC stuff. I think he'd only pretty much done the Catwoman listing to this point. Um, it brought back a character that most people had never heard of. I mean, yes, yeah, she was in the forgotten uh, – part of the Forgotten Heroes and stuff, but most people still did not remember her. So it was – and it was giving her the best possible presentation. I mean it really made this character look amazing. Um, I mean, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She's, she's she's beautiful. It's very,
0: very cold underwater. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind
1: of surprised they got away with that, to be honest.
0: Right. Now, you're right. She only had a handful of appearances, but she had appeared more recently in that Forgotten yes. Heroes. I mean that's really what got her in here. Yes. So yes. – uh, now. It's interesting that they kind of go back to – her first appearance was in Showcase number 79, and that issue is called The Fantasy at 14 Fathoms, and you know they're really playing that up here. She is a fantasy girl. And in fact, there's a swimmer who – there's a guy, a scuba diver, uh? looking at her who's just totally like, Ur! not because there's a girl underwater swimming, I promise you that. It's because of how hot she
1: is. And she doesn't have any scuba tanks on and stuff like that. He's probably amazing. I don't think they
0: care. Okay. I got a little more on this one unless you got something.
1: The one quibble I have, and I just noticed this after so many years, her left arm is colored incorrectly. Oh, my God. That's her elbow there. Uh, I wasn't looking at her arm. Yes, I know. But that's her arm there. That's her elbow, and it's colored white because obviously whoever colored it thought it looked like. Either the color just dropped out or whoever colored it thought that was her hair. It's not her hair. It's her elbow.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Again, they weren't looking at her hair either. I mean, her arm either. Uh, and I can promise you, folks, Dolphin will be on the top part. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, a couple of things in this one. Again, they mention, uh, I, I, I mention this almost every episode, but again, in the origin, they talk about Superman, and they say, see, the, see an entry for Superman, and they say, see Superman 2, which again, breaks my heart, <laughs> because Superman of Earth Prime never gets an entry. So. But here's something more interesting that I don't know if you realize or not. I mentioned again, her first appearance was Showcase number 79, which was 1968. In that issue was a reprint of an old Aquaman comic. Do you know what Aquaman comic was reprinted in Dolphin's first issue?
1: I should. I used to have the comic. Which one was it?
0: Adventure Comics number 269, oh, which was... Oh, the origin. No. Oh,
1: yeah. was it... oh, no, what was it?
0: That's um, the first appearance of Aqualad. Oh,
1: okay, okay.
0: So, in this one comic, from 1968, is Dolphin's first appearance and a reprint of Aqualad's first appearance. And who did Dolphin eventually marry? Oh, the Aqualad kind of uh, kind of
1: interesting you know, it all comes together
0: it's a full circle
1: and she had a relationship with Aquaman as well so she she worked the he worked the room
0: I I think everyone wanted a relationship with her
1: uh, yeah it's a great list thing it's a great drawing uh, everything you know all right it's like this is like probably what who's who was like most capable of in terms of you know bringing a character out of the past and presenting it in a new way that made it really compelling and this is just like one of their you know, one of their all-time best moments. And, and you know, we, we should be talking a little bit
0: more about the character's origins, probably. like They made it very clear, like, her origin's really unknown. It's basically, I mean, it's a whole lot of text about she's a hot girl who they found that can breathe water and no one really knows why. Right. So no one really seems to care. It's okay. <laughs> and they just talk more about her encountering the uh, forgotten heroes and forgotten villains. Yes. So
1: Fantastic. There's a right. too. Uh,
0: it's uh, it's classic. It is as very my classic. Jer- yes, my, as my New Jersey friend would say. What? <laughs> I like the way you say classic. classic. There, you, are, is so you, a- you do it when you're not paying stop attention. Stop you say. It. Okay. All right. So,
1: please.
0: All right. Next. No. Wait. No. Wait. Wait. Does it bother you that in, in dolphins, surprint, Print. I mean, in dolphins, front full color piece is some coral.
1: Uh, no. Uh I, there's something about it. I think the image just works better. That that cat popping in photobombing Dalman just looks weird. <laughs> I know you so think same joke, doll man. But I mean it just looks – I don't know, it just looks weird to me. This this seems more kind of well designed. I hate to like slam Murphy Anderson against Dave Stevens, but the Dave Stevens speech just feels a little more a little better composed. So <laughs>
0: Next up, in the in the, in the the tradition of the Fire and Water podcast, you've got Firestorm, and on the next page, you have Fisherman. Look at that. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Now, this is drawn by Luke McDonald, who I kept calling Luke McConnell in the last episode of Who's Who, by the way. I apologize. This, as far as I can tell, this right here is actually his very first DC work. He worked on Iron Man for quite a while, and then did this, and then, boom, right over the Justice League. Oh, this was before that. Okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, so you're probably
0: right, yeah. So you get the fisherman, who is an Aquaman villain. Again, Luke McDonald and Bill Ray are the artists. And you've got this nice picture of the fisherman in the foreground, just sort of standing there. Uh, I'll give my criticism in a minute. But in the background, you get this nice shot of his face. You can see... He's still got his mask, but you can see a close-up of his face, which is very nice. You get a shark swimming by. You're clearly underwater. And then you have him... uh, Grappling Aquaman with his uh, trademark rod, so. <laughs> his fishing which, pole of doom. Which I, is interesting because that's one of my criticisms: he's not actually holding the fishing pole in the foreground. No, no. He, it, I don't know that I've ever seen the fisherman without it.
1: No. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. How does he breathe underwater? I,
0: I don't know. <laughs> Well, it says he has a pressurized suit with recyclable air supply. Okay, right, but that yeah, helmet that is clearly sense.
1: open. So. He's
0: got an open face, right? Yeah. <laughs> he has one of the more ridiculous masks. It's it's bright yellow
1: with black spots. Like, can you explain that to me, what that's supposed to be? I think it's supposed to look kind of fish-like, you know, like he's supposed to blend in. But it doesn't, since it contrasts so sharply with the rest of the suit. Plus, this is, I don't know, this is, might be the debut of his new costume, because he didn't look like this in... The older comics, when he fought. Really? Yeah, he had, his uniform's a little different. The helmet's the same, but his uniform, oh, is, okay. di- his uniform is different. So this is, I remember, I think I, the first time I saw this, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't look like the same guy. So um, so yeah, he looks a little different here. Um, and that, that harness he's wearing with all those appendages sticking out, that just looks painful.
0: Dude, I'm sorry. I was reading this. I, I remember the, the rod. I had forgotten about the gimmick lures. It's just like, oh, that's just, oh, that's a Batman thing going on. Totally
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's utility belt, yeah.
0: Yeah, just, oh. Now, I am glad they mentioned here that he had recently been defeated by Blue Devil, which was yes. great. I love It's a fun issue of Blue Devil.
1: Fisherman has one of the biggest logos, I'd say, of any character. His logo is huge. It takes up a lot of space.
0: Well, they kind of had to fill it because there's not a lot to say about him. Right, and, right. And he's, you know, let's face it, he's, not, he's an Aquaman villain, but...
1: No, not really wah. necessary. It was so nice to you during the Firehawk and Firestorm segments, you know? Were you? Yes. Did I say I don't remember that. That, that was a
0: long time ago. Yeah, remember. yeah,
1: that was like an hour ago.
0: Seems like It time. feels like it. So, Because we've been talking about fishermen so long. <laughs> actually, it's a really nice Aquaman. I think Luke um, McDonald did a very nice job of, with Aquaman there, which, you know, would then show up in his work in Justice League Detroit. So, Y'all, I, actually, was Aquaman on the team when Luke was drawing it? Nope. Then never mind. Forget what I said. <laughs> like you usually do anyway. So. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, next up is Mira. Uh, my favorite, not my, my favorite listing, my favorite character of the book, not my favorite listing. Drawn by John Workman, oddly enough. The letterer, who you kind of more famous as a letterer.
0: Oh, uh, I was wondering where he yeah. was, because I did, I did some research. As far as I could tell, it's the only time he ever drew the character.
1: It's the only time he ever drew me. mirror. I went and, because I was curious about this, because I mean, to me, John Workman is, is most famous for doing the lettering on Thor, uh, where he collaborated with Walt Simonson and did a tremendous job. Like, Simonson is a big kind of lettering fan, and he puts a lot more effort, I'd say, into his lettering, his comics, than some other people, and Workman was really, really good at that. I was curious as to why John Workman drew this, so I contacted Who's Who editor, Bob Greenberger, and asked him. And this is what Bob said. He said, uh, John is also an accomplished artist, who, which came before his life as a letterer and production artist. If memory serves, John was interested in contributing, and she and Mira was on the available list, so he selected the Silver Age Babe.
0: <laughs> so
1: that is how John Workman ended up drawing Mira. It, it seemed like an, unc- an incongruous choice to me. Uh, I mean, I like the drawing just fine. Uh, it's, the, the pose is a little unusual. But uh, but it's it's nice. We see her. We see a close up of her. We see her um, uh, mashing with uh, Aquaman. We see her blasting Black mana, and then we also have her mourning over the death of uh, Arthur Junior. There. Oh, um, that
0: just that just gets me. Cool. Do... Because because you read left to right, and you're like,
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I do wish, frankly, this had been drawn by uh, Jim Aparo, uh, yeah. or. I don't know why. Like one of the things we noticed, we, we talked about the list that Nick Carty didn't draw anything in Who's Who because he was yeah. out of comics. Neither did Ramona Fraiden, mm. and uh, that'll come up in another entry a couple pages away. Uh, I would have liked to. Have, now, I mean, Ramona Fraiden didn't have a lot of connection to Mira because she was off the book by the time Mira was introduced, and Mira only appeared once or twice in Superfriends. But I mean, she was an Aquaman artist. I would have loved to have seen her do this as well. I don't know why Ramona Frane is not in any of Who's Who at all. Yeah, um, there's got to be something about that. Yeah. But anyway, I thought Workman did a fine job, and it's unusual looking. I mean, it doesn't look like any other art in the book.
0: That's very true. I mean, he, she's beautiful. That, that close-up of her face is just beautiful. almost looks like a, a romance comic sort of drawing, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, her pose, at first, I could see why you might say it's weird, but I mean, it's clear she's swimming, you know? And that's why... Because no one runs that
1: way. Right, right, right.
0: So she's got to be swimming, which makes perfect sense, you know. And I love – he did a great job with the costume. I love the lighting on uh, the costume, to the way that works with the weird sort of camo thing. It's mm-hmm. got going. just it's, – it's a nice entry. looks beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's nice. It's a very nice drawing. So, uh, yeah, I, I – the, and the, the logo, I think the logo is from – it looks like it's kind of just slapdash. Uh, but I actually – it's – it's not the logo from her solo strip that ran in the back of Aquaman in the late 70s. So this mm-hmm. – I don't know why they couldn't grab that and drop it in. This one looks like it was just sort of thrown together. But, you know, what can you do?
0: There's there's an interesting thing in the in the history of the character where it talks about how Aquaman had to marry an Atlantean citizen.
1: That's right. Yes. I was like, what? Yeah.
0: What? Yep. Like, I, don't, I don't remember that. And so they make this big deal about all that and how she became that. And, uh, you know, it's like. A lot of detailed information
1: there. Yeah, they threw a lot of roadblocks up. I mean, clearly when she was introduced, they and in, ever intended her to bring her into the book permanently because she first appeared in like issue like eleven, and then came back for thirteen, and then back for fifteen, seventeen, and then they got married in nineteen. So they yeah. Yeah, they clearly had that ready to go. Even probably were not even waiting for her audiences' response. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it, yeah, you know, it's it's unusual. It just like I said, like you, uh, it doesn't look like anything else in the uh, in the series. So. Next up, Ocean Master Yay, da, da, Aquaman da, da, da. Uh, Drawn by Craig Hamilton Very, very nice And this thing is, as usual with Craig Hamilton's work Designed within an inch of its life It's uh, <laughs> <is> really <laughs> beautiful He he relates a whole timeline of, of of Ocean Master And just this little bottom rung here We see him as a young punk Uh, ignoring the pleas from his brother to to not be a jerk. And then we see him as Ocean Master. And then we see him in the final form in this sort of new magicized extreme version of Ocean Master, which debuted in the um, miniseries, the uh, 1985 miniseries. His first appearance is Aki number 29. Uh, It's a beautiful drawing. I love the logo. The water is dripping off his hand like he's rising. Um, Craig Hamilton drew Ocean Master rising out of the water while the water is also dripping over the panel that is reflecting his past history. I think it's a beautifully designed image. It's really, really great. I, that mask looks like it'd be hard to get through doors with, but that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's, not, for, that's not for us to discuss right now.
0: The, the logo is incredibly striking. I, it, it's silly, but like the moon over the water just adds so much to that shot of the ocean. I can't explain why I'm, I'm not an artist. I, I can't put my finger on it, but that adds such a meaningful piece to the ocean for me. Hmm. And Aquaman, as you said, pleading with his brother, he actually has his hand on Orm's shoulder, which conveys so much emotion in just that little tiny piece. Yep. Amazing. You know, we talk about how certain who's who, who's, pieces, who's who pieces can sort of, like, cause a character to become more popular or stay around simply because the piece is so amazing. Like Blackfire Thorn, we always said, kind of like, we think he, he hung around because of the who's who entry, whatever. This piece should have launched Ocean Master into being a top-notch sorcery character and stayed there because yeah. it looks that awesome.
1: Yeah. He's never really been used for any other hero. He's never really bothered to take on any other superheroes He's for some reason. Uh, I mean, his base of operations, the Seven Seas. So he's got, you know, some property to, to work in. It's 75% of the planet. Yeah. Uh, but he's basically just been relegated to being an Aquaman villain. Not that Aquaman has so many villains he can afford to give any away – but just, just, <laughs> just considering the vastness of his ambitions, um, I'm sort of surprised that he's never run into any other characters. But it took until Jeff Johns uh, in Throne of Atlantis. Right. Well, and that's
0: fair to say that this is a different version of Ocean Master than what's out there right now. This right. Whereas that one was raised in the sea. This one was raised on the land. Right. So the, the shared uh, relative here is Aquaman's father, father Tom, yeah. the lighthouse keeper. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, I, I always thought it was a great dynamic that they that they had. They hinted at it in the original book, and then they sort of brought it – did it much more explicit in the miniseries by Posner and Hamilton where they talked about that the reason Ocean Master resents his brother so much is because uh, he was born without any powers. And the father, Tom Curry, just could not help but favor the older son who, of course, had all these amazing abilities and just looked at – Orm as this ordinary, regular person. And, uh, you know, you get the pain of that, of what that would feel like to feel that your father favors the brother over you, and through no fault of your own. I think that was a great hook. um It's well done in the miniseries. It's, it's, it's in some couple flashbacks we see Ocean Master's mother, and that she was sort of a plain woman, a sort of regular woman, and she could not possibly live up to. You know Atlanta. You know who is the right. queen of Atlantis. So I think that was a great hook um, for Ferocious. Hook. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, you know this was again this was, like you talked about that he should have been sort of catapulted into the bigger tier of villains. You know that whole miniseries was should have led to greater things and it, it didn't. So you know we got a taste of that here. Is this is a beautiful I Maybe my favorite one in the book.
0: It's it's absolutely striking. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And um, you, you make a good point about just that miniseries. The entire miniseries should have done more. That blue costume should have gone further. Yeah. You know, it should have been not. You know, I think it may have been a case of like the Perez sort of thing. Someone draws a character, and no one else can replicate the cool factor of it. But that may have been the problem. Because so I haven't seen many people make the blue costume look good. But after that, but either way, the, the thing that struck me when I read this was just I don't. In my mind, when I think of Ocean Master and Aquaman's relationship. I never think about them actually growing up in the same house. Because to me, the, I guess maybe it's the Peter David Post era where they, you know, half brothers, I don't know what it is, but I never think about them growing up in the same house. You're like having to share a bathroom. You're like, Come on, Orm, get out of the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta get ready for school. Come on, I need the water. It's been 24 it's been 23 hours. Get out of there. <laughs> Whatever. But, um,. It's just, I, I, I really, really love this page. I'm
1: not touching you. I'm not touching you. Dad, stop, stop <laughs> touching you. not touching you, Arthur. I'm not touching you. you know, that kind of silly crap. You
0: know, he looks like a little bit like that twi- uh, Aquaman in the Surprint. He looks a little bit like that Twilight kid, Patrick, or whatever his name is.
1: Robert Pattinson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like Pattinson. He looks oh, a little bit like him. I, uh, we got be- to move on.
0: Next up, the Scavenger. This, uh, this guy fights some dude who talks to fish, I think. Yes, he does. Uh, art by Ron Friends and Bob Smith. Very simple artwork, but really well done. I mean, really nice. Very effective. You get a great close-up of his face, and, and we don't know who he is, so he's still in his mask, but we still get the close-up of the face. I love that. It looks great because he's, he's basically flying, you know, swimming around in a, in a diving suit, but he's got these scalloped little teeth all around his porthole face mask, which I absolutely love. Uh, first appearance, Aquaman number 37, In and there's no mention of it in here, but in, in that episode, he threatens to rot the sea, and I still pose the question, how do you? How does one rot the sea, and what does that mean? It just really bothers me. Then in here, it talks about the fact that, unlike other supervillains who explain their whole plan, he didn't wait around. He just took action. He just went for it, rather than sat around and told everyone his plans, which I think is an awesome trait for a supervillain. It's great. And uh, I really, by the way, his suit, while it looks cool here, I do like his New 52 version, which is like a big diving suit, which is nice.
1: Yeah, well, they they gave him a new one uh, in the the, um, J.M. DeMatteis story. He's got a new one. He's got the purple and yellow outfit with the fin on it and stuff.
0: Oh, okay. All right, is that what's similar to the New 52 outfit? Yes. Okay. Now, got a little story about this one. Um, Just real quick, in the foreground, you've got him sort of like in an action-y, punchy-type pose. And then in the background, you've got him pulling a gun on Aquaman while he's holding, uh, I guess, Aqualad, probably. you got Aquaman and Aqualad close-up face. So you see his scorpion ship in the bottom. It's a really well-done piece. And it just so happens that one of my very dear friends owns this original artwork. Now that's something we don't get to talk about very often on the show is the original artwork for Who's Who. And I asked him about it. He sent me some scans, which we'll put up in the Tumblr. It's a really nice piece. It's really cool because, check this out, apparently, um, and it makes sense once you think about it, but almost every piece of art for who's who, uh, is done on two sheets of paper. You get the background image, which is the serpent, and you get the foreground image, and they're done on different sheets of paper, and that's because the serpent, which is also called color hold, is done in a single color, so it's got to get knocked out that way. So what you get is uh, the main image, the one in the forefront, is done on vellum. Right. Well, the background image is done on usual art paper, artboard paper. Or, I'm sorry, art board. And um, that's how they get the effect, again, of the, the single color and the, and the full color. And he says, so when you go to f- buy Who's Who artwork, it's always in two pieces, and it's a little hard because the vellum paper is really easy to wrinkle. So there's a lot of risk of it being damaged, which is kind of cool. And the artwork is stamped on the back, he says, which is how they showed approval uh, to print back then, so... Pretty interesting story, and uh, I'm very excited for it, but I, th- I, th- I think he's the first person I know that owns a piece of original art from this series.
1: Yeah, they, they don't come out much. I mean, if I ever saw one at a Comic-Con, I mean, I'm not a big art collector, but I'd be really tempted to get one if I could afford it, because, I mean, that's just such a unique piece to own. Yeah, who's who? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, know, you really do not see a lot of who's who pages come out, because of the vellum bar. The vellum is easily crinkled, so I imagine yeah. a lot of the stuff does not survive. You could probably get the
0: Richard Dragon one cheap. Probably. Um, So, thank you. uh, Oh, by the way, my friend, uh, some of you guys know who he is Ravenface, uh, also known as Simon, uh, is the person who owns this thing. One of my childhood friends who uh, I remain buddies with to this day.
1: Next up is Marine Marauder making uh, the two in a row for women with mohawks in the DC universe. Uh, this one is drawn by Ty Templeton. It's a beautiful drawing. I love Ty Templeton's work. I always have... I don't know why he was tapped for this. I don't care. It's really, a really nice drawing. See her in the serpent without her mask. You see her taking on the outsiders. Uh, it is really, a really great piece. Now, oddly enough, it makes it, the... the um, History mentions that there was an earlier Marine Marauder mm-hmm. who was an Aquaman villain from Adventure Comics. And she mentioned that she had a brother. Yep. And in the history, it surmises here that that maybe that's her brother was the other Marine Marauder. But they don't say that one way or the other. They just says known relative's unnamed brother. The one in Adventure Comics, I think, only showed up one time. I think he just said that one appearance in Adventure Comics and then never again. So this version has actually lasted longer than that version. Um, I don't think she's ever been, or if she, I, maybe I shouldn't say ever because I'm not—I don't have it all committed to memory. She—I don't think she's tangled with Aquaman all that much, which you would think she would be a natural, uh, right? Considering uh, I love the costume; her costume's really sleek. I think this is like—I mean, the name is a little doofy, but I, it's no doofier than the Fisherman or anything. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like why hasn't she been paired up with Aquaman more often? I think this a—it's a—it's a good fit. It does
0: seem like perhaps that she's. Maybe this, I feel like there should be some history where maybe she has. Interesting, you mentioned the the brother or the other Marie Marauder. Her costume is actually similarly based on him.
1: Yeah, it's the it's like, exact same look, except her. She's yep. got the open mohawk, and his had a like a full skull cap kind of thing.
0: Yep, and she's got sort of you know the the sexy V shape. I mean, it was an M, but here it's more accentuated to show off her cleavage, and it was very again very pointy boobs. Just saying. And I'm glad you mentioned the serpent. She is gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. But Ty Templeton's a great artist. But boy, he just knocked that one out of the park. And you see her fighting the outsiders in the background. And she's doing some like, whoop, 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 whoop with, uh, is that Looker? Looker, Looker yeah. yeah. Which is really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great listing. I really, really like it. And again, it's interesting to me that they didn't do, I guess they figured the other villain, the other version was just too minor. You just had basically yeah. one appearance, are not going to bother to yep. do it, so. But so, very hot, very hot. And for more information on her, be sure to check out Michael Chiaroscuro's
0: non-existent Outsiders blog. <laughs> He's working on it.
1: Doubt <laughs> uh, uh, it. The one list thing that, of course, that I'm going to talk about is Aquaman. Aquaman, mm-hmm. Aquaman gets artwork. They actually did artwork for a couple of them. It's here, it's drawn by Steve Bove. Uh, and he's in his camo suit. It mentions here that he's going to trade back and forth between the camo suit and the classic togs. That didn't work out. Um, the artwork's perfectly fine. It's actually kind of nice. Uh, it's a little on the stiff side. I mean, compared to the wondrous Craig Hamilton artwork, it couldn't help, be, couldn't help but be. But I like it. It was pretty cool. And I have to say, Steve Bowe, Steve Bo, very nice man. He drew this little Aquaman figurine uh, for the letter column that ran in that camo suit miniseries. Uh, and he sent me that original artwork. Wow. Uh, so I have that in my collection. It's just like a little drawing. It's like the size of like a postcard. But still, that was very generous of him to send me. Um, so I'm, And I was happy, of course, that Aquaman got, you know, a nice – I wish they had put him in the update full on. But uh, at least he got something here. I was actually going to say
0: I, I think this artwork might be the reason they got rid of the camo suit. Simply because, you know, by the end of this, Steve probably looked around and goes, this costume is impossible to draw.
1: Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. who's who uh oh boy boy am i in love with this listing again you're going to see it on the tumblr i want to take this listing behind the school and get it pregnant i love this this is this is uh the golden age aquaman art by Louis kazanov paul norris and zoom yukinori uh i don't know what else to say about this it is perfect it is perfect uh, I am going to run this on, uh, the Aquaman Shrine sometime the week that this episode drops. I actually think I'm going to do something I've never done and run this for two days straight. Uh, I love this thing so much. Um, the alter ego unknown, once assumed the alias of Mr. Waterman, which is a great little piece of research. I have to assume he used my Adventure Sunday posts to find that out because that is from a story. <laughs> From, you know, occupation protector of the seven seas. Known relatives: unnamed father, unnamed mother. Group affiliation: All Star Squadron. Yes. <gasps> Base of operation. Stop it. Base of operations: an ancient underwater city in the ocean, believed to be legendary. Atlant- legendary Atlantis. Prince Prince Morphin Comics number seventy three. Uh, you know, and then six foot, 335, and he goes into the detail of, of the Aquaman's origin, fighting Nazis, joining the All-Star Squadron, and then it ends with, While well, Aquaman had a number of recorded post-war adventures up into the mid-50s, his status in present day Earth 2 remained unknown. During the so-called Crisis on Infinite Earths, the multiverse was reformed into a single universe, and with a revised timeline in which this version of Aquaman never existed. So, he gets it all right, The Surprint, you see Aquaman punching Blackjack, one of his worst... I didn't realize that was Blackjack. Blackjack, one of his doofiest foes. Um, But also one of his most reoccurring, too. Yes. Uh, Aquaman swimming with his walrus pal. Aquaman sitting on his throne and then attacking some some rogue fish. It is... Perfect. We well, didn't talk about... He's okay. got the yellow gloves. The, well, it's the gold... Because it's the golden Aquaman. He's got and the yellow fins. The yellow fins and the yellow gloves. I mean, no. it is... It is taken right... It's it's beautiful. It's just absolutely perfect. It's exactly the list that you sh- this Aquaman should have gotten. He deserved it. And uh, I cannot thank Zoom enough for doing this. Because this thing just makes my heart sing to look at it. It's just... And he, the logo we pulled from an old More Fun or Adventure comic story. It is... It's It's my favorite of all the listings he's done. Uh, he's, he's done four forts. we're lucky enough, and this one is, of course, my favorite. Cause well, you're a bit biased, yeah. Yes. Uh, biased. I have to say, you know, in the last three and a half years
0: of this show, whether Who's Who or Firing Water, I've given you a lot of crap about Golden Age, yep. Earth 2, Aquaman. I will hold all of that back right now and just say this is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Okay. And it, I, it makes me almost say this should have been in Who's Who. Um, yep. I mean, obviously, it's worthy. It's worthy the, the quality he's put together. But I mean, it almost makes me say, you know what? Maybe there should have been a Golden Age Aquaman in Who's Who.
1: Yep. It's a great looking piece. It's really, really, really good. Yep. I love and it I can't think of a better way to end our first "quote unquote" season of Who's Who with this listing because you know the show did start. You know, our whole thing started as an Aquaman Fire Firestorm podcast. So. And Aquaman didn't really get that much to do in Uzu. He had some supporting characters Bill, and a villain, so this is the perfect way to, to round out our 26 issues with this custom Aquaman piece. I am completely in love with this thing. Yep. Thank you, He also sent his listings a one-page featuring two listings. Each character got a half-page. Topo, Aquaman's sidekick, who first appeared in Adventure Comics 229. The art is by Ramona Freyden and Zoom Yukinori. It's wonderful. I love it. Topo gets his own listing. There's a shot of him helping Aquaman defeat a villain, and then him playing, uh, being like a one-man band thing, where he's playing the drums and the guitar. It's completely insane. I love it. I love it. Topo was such a good friend to Aquaman. That's it for this special Best of episode of Who's Who, the definitive podcast in the DC Universe. Shag and I will be back with a new Who's Who very soon. And don't forget, you can find back episodes of the show and leave comments on the show on our network site, FireAndWaterPodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at FWPodcast. And until the next episode, Who's next? <laughs> Aquaman and Superman, Animal Man and Plastic Man, Firestorm and Nuclear Man, Batman and Hawkman, 2D Man and
0: Hour Man, who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC,
1: who's who? Ultra Boy and Mr. Gold, Lightning Lass and Hippolyta, Phantom Stranger, Etrigan, and Arisia and woody Weeks. Hey, hey, hey. What? What about that one guy? What guy? Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC Who's Who.
0: Oh, man. We forgot Slipknot. Come on, team. Let's head to the hole.